Welcome to A Life Shared, Parent Helps and Renovations. Whether your kids are three months old or 33 years old, we can live with each other in a way that gives life. That's A Life Shared. I'm Ellen Martin. Glad you joined us. Marcy, welcome to A Life Shared, Parent Helps and Renovations. Thanks for having me, Ellen. I'm so, so excited about today. We're talking about the fact that you decided to declutter your home. You have collections, things that were once of great value to you, but they aren't now. What prompted you to make this change in your life to the extent that you told me this morning you had a dumpster delivered? I had absolutely embraced homemaking and having a home and those types of things and had became very engaged in this whole idea of uh, my identity being in the things that I had. I had, you know, everything that, you know, I thought an American type of Western culture home should have and really enjoyed that for about 20 years of my life. And then um, through just a whole succession of events and changes in my life, I actually now live in an RV. I was left with all of the remnants of the things of a past life. And that was all of the contents of a 2,400 square foot home that um, I didn't know what to do with anymore. And I actually held on to those things for about three years. Those things are being stored in a separate building. I've not looked at those things in three years. I mean, mm. I, there's no reason for me to have them. So what happened this year to cause you to say, that's it? I haven't looked at them in three years. It's time to part with these things. It was a combination of a lot of different things. I'm not unfamiliar with minimalism. I've had a capsule wardrobe for probably five, six, seven years. And that's a whole nother thing. That is a very (laughs) minimalistic approach to your wardrobe. Um, I have embraced those types of ideas in different ways portions like segments of my life Mm -hmm. but to completely say I am done I think it took me a lot of emotional work to come to the end of it and go Lord I don't need this stuff anymore this is not who I am Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. not me I have a whole building full of things that served no purpose in my life whatsoever. Hmm. And there was a lot of shame involved with that because it seemed like I should have it quote unquote more together. I shouldn't be carrying this kind of baggage around with me from a past, you know, kind of a past life that I no longer was wanting to embrace. You know, I want to, I want to move forward in life and, um, or I can't in my mind be able to do that successfully as long as I have this kind of weight, there's a heaviness that comes with carrying the burden of trying to care for things that you no longer use. So there were all of those things in my childhood mm-hmm. and her mother's depression glass and, mm-hmm. you know, lots of pretty beautiful things that were to be admired. You know, I would help her dust them and things like that. But we were always very careful around her, mm-hmm. her pretties. And so <clears throat> I very much loved that because I loved being in my grandmother's house. So when I became a homemaker, I was faced with kind of this, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. 
what am I going to do? Am I going to embrace, you know, my my mom, or am I going to say maybe there's a different way to live within my four walls? Maybe there's a different way for me to interact with my things. And so, as I was a young mom, I just really had the opportunity to have some women in my life who were a bit older than me and really enjoyed homemaking. And with that came the opportunity for me to see how they did things. Mm -hmm. And I learned it was a beautiful thing because we got to enjoy each other's company and, and we had those similarities. And so that was probably one of my mentors really impacted the way that I engaged with my belongings in my home. And it was a slow evolution as far as how I gathered things, a lot of yard sailing and things like that, because I had to do things economically. I was Mm -hmm. a stay-at-home mom. And so it took me about 20 years, but a lot of antiques, a lot of um, things that were collectible at the time, super loved my stuff. I mean, it was a hobby. Yes, it very much was. And it also, what I'm hearing you say is it wasn't just about the things. It was also very much about relationships you enjoyed. You know, it was Mm -hmm. you modeling your grandmother who you really enjoyed and the positive experience of being in her house as a child and discovering as a grown woman that you could live differently than your own mother, that you were your own person with your own house and, and exploring that. And then being in relationship with other people who, like you said, they enjoyed that and they modeled it and you learned from them from them. And then you Mm kind of grew into this. Sometimes our things become our treasures, but sometimes even beautiful things are part of joy in our lives. Like I know families who connect the collection with living. And I know other families where you said like Mm -hmm. they are their pretties and they were admired and enjoyed, Mm -hmm. but not to be touched. So I'm just curious, how did your things and the relationships in your own home with your family, how did they intersect or did they? They absolutely did. And it's so funny that you ask me that question. And it's truly something I had forgotten. Mm-hmm. I had a tendency to rearrange my items mm. regularly, so much so that I would have Rubbermaid totes in the basement. And so things could be seasonally decorated. And my daughter was probably eight. And one night I stayed up rearranging and I was getting ready for Christmas. Mm. And she came down the hallway and in her little country voice said, Mom, it looks like a country store in here. (laughs) And it just cracked me up. And Mm. so the way that I interacted with my items did impact my family. I think they kind of were intrigued by the idea of what is mom going to do next? Like Mm. what kind of crazy thing is she going to come up with? Because it was an outlet for creativity for me. Mm -hmm. I so enjoyed, you know, the artistic aspect of display and, you know, those types of things. As far as, you know, my family, I think that they were confined somewhat. Um, unfortunately, because I think everywhere you looked in my home, there was something. I didn't realize it at the time, 
at the time to me, I was collecting and loving and doing and being. And you were wanting and, to make your house your home for your family. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that they voiced in their own small way mm-hmm. that it was it was problematic because there was so much stuff. I mean, there wasn't a blank wall. There wasn't a blank mantle. There wasn't a blank shelf. And it forever changed, you know? Mm-hmm. There's such a drastic difference in my life now. What I live with is within an RV. And yet I still decorate. You know, I still have a eucalyptus wreath hanging. I've still put shiplap up on the walls. On my counter, you know, I still have my my antique coffee grinder. Mm-hmm. I still have a couple crocs. I still have things that remind me of a life I once had. But it doesn't overwhelm me. It doesn't overtake me. But unfortunately, within that, I still have the Rubbermaid totes full of decor mm. from a life that I used to live. That honestly, I don't really know that that many people are going to want now. You know, Marcy, if you keep it for like 20 or 30 years, they will. <laughs> the goal so, currently is to get it gone. Just get, get it, it gone. gone. What is your guide for that process? Because you're telling me you've got this whole storage space filled with plastic totes, mm-hmm. filled with stuff. You're either chucking it all, like not even open the totes. I haven't looked at it for three years. I don't need it. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Peace out. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Or... You've got a system that is helping you make decisions to guide this declutter process. So which one is it for you? What I'm doing and the idea behind getting the two-yard dumpster is to be able to systematically go through things. I am going to go through things. And if I see that there is a need that arises, then I feel like there you go. Those things are going to have to be very immediate, though. Mm-hmm. Like, what I mean by that is, I am going to have to know that there's a need. So, I am not pitching everything without thought. I mean, some people do do that, but personally, I'm a little bit more conscious of my frugality. So, I also unfortunately have held on to things thinking that I could get some money out of them. Why is that unfortunate? But I know, like, can it just be? It can be, but that's part of the the story, the narrative that I've told myself is the shame that I've spent so much money on this stuff okay. and I'm never going to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. So I have to rewrite that story. I have to yeah. rewrite that narrative inside of myself and go, oh, well, it just is what it is, you know, and if I get $2 out of it, then that's absolutely fine. Genuinely, I'm just going to tell you I'm at a place in my life I'd rather give it away mm-hmm. and say here. And this is just kind of part of my brain. It's part of why I'm a life coach. I'm a problem solver. So when someone comes Mm -hmm. to me and they have a situation and they don't know what to do, part of what we do is we brainstorm. Mm -hmm. You know, I ask questions, would this be possible? Would this be a good fit for you? But just helping them have options and then embracing the option they like Mm -hmm. the best. Mm -hmm. So part of me is like, auction. It's amazing what people buy. We attended an auction not long ago and it was unbelievable to me how people bought like literally a whole tractor trailer bed of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole lot went up and they bought it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, you know, there are like three things on there that are pretty interesting. Wonder what they're going to do with the rest of it. 
So part of me is thinking, right. gosh, she could just auction it off. People's needs can be met. She can make a little money and move on. So I really am fascinated by this idea that part of the obvious no for you for that is I need to let go of the idea that I have to regain something from this. There you go. Like that kind of intentionality, that's the renovation part of parent helps and renovations. You know, when we've lived in a way where we're like, this doesn't work for me anymore. This isn't who I am anymore. It doesn't fit anymore. This is not helping me live into the fullness of life I long for. What do I do next? Part of my life coach hat is just like, oh my gosh, Marcy, well done for seeing the full scope of this and making choices that help you live into what you long for. Um, Like you're saying, rewrite your story instead of keeping parts of the story because they don't work for you anymore. They no longer fit your life now. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of hard work. And I love that you're not auctioning it, (laughs) that you're chucking it or passing it along. I have to, Ellen. I don't know how to explain that to you. That sounds interesting, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. You have to, to live the life you're living now. Yes. That's it. Yes. And so to me, it doesn't sound interesting. It sounds powerful. It sounds wise. It sounds courageous to say, once upon a time, this was my life, but it's not anymore. It doesn't fit. And it's a tremendous task. It comes with a lot of emotion, but I'm going to do this hard thing so that I can be set free to live the life I'm in now. To me, it sounds really beautiful, Marcy. So I'm curious, what kind of stuff are you getting rid of, girlfriend? Did you collect the long burger baskets? I only had two, but then I had I I had a plethora of other baskets. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of uh, expensive um, in a different, you know, long burger was very collectible and it was very popular. But what I had a tendency to go for was the more authentic. Like, um, how do I say, like to give you an idea, like, well, you mentioned Crocs and coffee grinders. Yeah. And butter churns and, and, uh, oh my goodness, bowls and, um, you know, like butter molds, even the wooden butter molds. Um, uh, I know that most people in Kentucky at one point probably have seen a has I mean there's a piece of Bybee floating around somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um that's a type of pottery yep. that was really collectible probably 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Had some of that. Um that's gonna be going bye-bye. Um wow. the baskets are going bye-bye. The quilts are going bye-bye. Oh my gosh, my brain the- is like Oh, see, I just can't turn it off. I love the community service center. So part of me is like, could you make donations there and they could make money off of it? And it it could in turn serve people on serious fixed incomes who need help. I'm sorry, I can't hardly turn it off. And I'm not your life coach, so I don't have to. (laughs) No, I absolutely. um, Like, it's just kind of like, yeah, I'm sorry. You're talking about meeting needs, but I'm just like. It's unbelievable what there people buy there. There are so many options and so many needs. Um, yeah. It is a matter for myself personally. Now that like at the beginning of the year, I made this decision, right? Right. Like it's time. Um, it's now finding um, 
the time and getting plugged into the right resources to be able to use what has been provided to me because these items I feel like I you know they were provided to me right Mm -hmm. so how can I better serve the world how can I better serve community how can I better serve um and love people through these things that no longer serve a purpose for me yeah so for myself the things that I'm getting rid of are odds and ends now you know I have like some pretty kind of on the larger side of antique pieces still some of those things I kind of pieced out as time went by you know like you know I got rid of the pie safe and you know those types of things but mm-hmm. I still have a couple things that probably um in the right market could probably serve someone mm-hmm. with a monetary amount you know what I'm saying so I totally do the yeah. community center may be something that I look into mm-hmm Good idea, Ellen. Well, I used to volunteer there. I really miss volunteering there. It is such a great place, but I got to tell you, Mm -hmm. throw the crap away. Don't give it to them because then they just have to throw it away. (laughs) Through your humble canter, you're sharing the complexity of a relationship with our stuff. There there really Um, is this. And, you know, like I have in front of me two figurines that are one's a foot tall and one's probably like 10 inches tall and they were my dad's Mm. and dad died this may six years ago and i keep them because my stepmother offered them to me and when i found the story out behind them he found them one day at goodwill and came home with them they remind me of people i know who serve around the world as missionaries And they remind me of my dad, but I'm really keeping them because one day I want to give them to my brother when he's in a place where he's a little more settled in life. And so right now they serve this purpose of, I like how they look, their memory of my father. They help me be mindful of missionaries I know and pray. And I pray for my brother when I look up at them, you know, so I think that there's this really interesting thing of when we're letting go of our things, being honest about what they were to us, being honest about the value they do or do not have for others, mm-hmm. and then parting with them well, either like you said, in the dumpster or passing them on to people that can actually be served by them and need can be met. Yes. I just yeah. love this kind of thing. Like I... Part of me is like, oh, when I didn't do this stuff and I had more time on my hands, I could go out and help Marcy because I literally love that kind of stuff. It's one of the reasons I volunteered at the Community Service Center. So it's a large undertaking. I know that I'm going to have to roll my sleeves up. And when you spoke of the emotional aspect of things, anyone who has minimalized or downsized has been impacted emotionally Mm -hmm. in some capacity, I believe. I know by rolling my sleeves up and even though I'm dead set on getting rid of everything, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that are going to trigger memories, whether they be positive or negative. You know, it took me literally three years to come to peace with the idea that the grief of a life I once had wouldn't be greater than mm. getting rid of the things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, 
know if I said that clearly enough for the listeners to understand that I was fearful to the point of paralyzation when it came to getting rid of things because I knew that it could take a toll emotionally because I would be reminded of things that maybe I didn't want to work through. I didn't want to deal with. Really, my stuff was my identity. It was my hobby. It was my life. It was what I what I once was, and I'm not. I had to come finally to the beginning of this year and go, you know what? I'm okay. Yeah. And stuff is stuff, and it comes yeah. and it goes. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. I share quotes on Wednesdays on my Facebook and Instagram accounts, a life shared. And the first one I posted, I just started doing this recently because putting myself out there like that was, you know, it's ironic. I have a podcast, but each little piece of, of the work I do, it it has its own emotional thing to it and making sure that it wasn't about me was critical. Is it a hobby? that has its place and I enjoy it, but it's contained. It doesn't negatively impose on me or my family. That's a good thing. You know, is it stuff that we just can't let go of because it's like losing a part of ourself? You know, I'm more like your mother. I'm really utilitarian. My stuff has to have a job really. Um, But even within its job, I like it to be pleasant. So like I have pretty mugs. When my kids don't live here anymore, I plan on having a whole collection of hand-thrown pottery mugs. And the only reason I'm waiting is I don't want to be mad at them when they break Mm -hmm. them while Mm -hmm. I live with them now. So right now my mugs come from the the community service center. (laughs) Because when they break at 50 cents, what does it matter? It's okay. (laughs) Accidents happen. Um, but one day I'll have a beautiful collection of mugs right now. I have probably six blown glass glasses that I use to drink my water out of because they're beautiful when I hold them in my hand and I drink out of them, but they're also working for me. So I, I think it's really, it's a really remarkable thing to say, how do I live with my stuff and how does it give life to me and my family? And, uh, that's what I hear you doing. And that's why I, I'm delighted that you have joined me for this interview on a life shared parent helps. Thanks for joining me, Ellen Martin, for this episode of a life shared parent helps and renovations. I hope in some way it helped you live with others in ways that give life. That's a life shared. It's what we were made for.